So, Craig, uh, we watched something brand new today, and I'm yeah. quite excited to talk about something really new and current and relevant, and it's out in the cinema. We are going to go full into spoilers on this one, so be warned if you haven't seen Ant-Man 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, you have not seen it, What go watch it, then come listen to us. If you really hate it already before you've even watched it and not going to watch it, listen to us anyway. Yeah, please listen to us because we fucking hate this movie. Well, At least I do. I expect you do. It wasn't great. I mean, to be honest, to watch this film, I had to uh, go through uh, the first two. So I plowed through them like one night after the other. And they were quite fun. I really enjoyed them. Um, but this film felt like a really big... Uh, uh, change of direction and I didn't yeah. really I don't think I hated it as much as you probably hated it spoiler alert from here yeah. on in guys right go on so they get shrunk down actually I don't even remember what causes them to get shrunk down something well, what it was so we, we I love I love the <laughs> yeah, I love the so we start off with fucking so here's here's Paul Rudd just your average day of the mill superhero not caring the world loving life he's written a book He's written a yeah. book. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a bit naff at the beginning. And then, again, like, his daughter... So she invents some fucking device that can, like, beam into the quantum realm so they can map the quantum realm out. And then when Michelle Pfeiffer hears this, she's like, oh, uh, no, no, turn it off, turn it off. And, like, I just feel... so. My, my, I really didn't like this film. My first big problem with it is the story just sort of, you know, th there's no real build up to it. It just sort mm. of stuck, sucked into the realm. Like, no, you've, you've barely introduced this device. Like, I feel like if you go by Honey, I Shrunk the Kids logic, like they spend time establishing characters. They spend time establishing the machine. We get to see the machine in action. We get to the see them at the machine not quite working yet. So when it does finally work, it, like that's way more interesting of a story than, oh, I invented the thing in my bedroom and then you turn it on, whoop, everyone's sucked in. Mm. Like no, you, you, there's no build up to it. You may as well have just started it in the quantum realm. Like you've just breezed past this introduction. Like you, besides knowing that he's written a book, we really don't know where Scott Lang is Besides, he's just enjoying being a superhero celebrity. Can I uh, also but, add here as well? Why is his daughter such a prick to him? Because, like, I, after everything that he has done, like, surely he could get some respect. Oh, what have you done apart from writing a book? I'd be pretty fucking pleased if I write a book, like, after doing all that fucking shit. Like, he, like, yeah. why is everyone being such a prick to him? Like, he, he I, has done a all, lot of good stuff. In, in all fairness, I suppose if you save the world numerous times, you have the right to write a book. But yeah. to be fair, to be fair though, he does gloat about it. Like he quotes his own book. Like that's kind of naff. It, it, like if you yeah. knew a guy like that, who'd be, who, and then you just like roll off a, 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 like a quote, and you'd be like, oh, what's the, who said that? And you'd be like, I did in my book. Or you'd be like, you're <laughs> a fucking twat. <laughs> like, well, you, start you wouldn't. You wouldn't like that guy. I'm telling you, you wouldn't like that guy. We, we could start doing that in our podcast as well. If you we'll want. start quoting our own podcast. Yeah, it's other people that don't know about it. Yeah, I've already started. I'm, that <laughs> I'm, I'm Scott Lang. And I didn't save the world. I haven't earned it yet. <laughs> but yeah. So, so anyway, uh, they get sucked so, into the quantum realm by a machine yeah. that is explained in two seconds. And Michelle Pfeiffer's character... Uh, he's Ooh. not very happy about it. I'll, I'll uh, tell you this. I, I feel like uh, like a young 18, 17, 18, 19-year-old girl inventing something in her bedroom that's like more technologically advanced than anything we've seen come before. It's becoming a trope in these Marvel movies because Black Panther 2 does it as well. You've got hmm. Riri Williams, and she's like invented some fuck-off vibranium detector and it like it's what you know super advanced, but it's made out of like 
parts of microwaves and shit. <laughs> so, so like she, but she's so she's a, some like mega genius, like building shit out of her bedroom, and so's uh, Scott Lang's daughter, and it's just becoming mm. like a bit of a trope. It's a bit of a. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like because like the first Marvel trope was blue sky beam, then the second one was someone getting their arm cut off. Maybe this is uh, maybe this is their next trope. I think it's just lazy writing, in my opinion. It could be same plot. Yeah. And I, also, a thing that I wanted to mention about um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character—I forgot what's her actual name. I should know it by now. I think anyway. she is. Is she Hope Van Dyne? No, Hope is uh, Evangeline Lilly's character. Then she's something Van Dyne. Jane, oh, okay. Janet, Janet, Janet. Janet. <laughs> All right, Janet. Janet. Maybe it's, it's Janet. Janet. Yeah, can... it's Janet, sure. Okay. We already seen her like experimenting with it before, like this uh like it wasn't the ending of the previous Ant-Man movie, the one what we were just talking about a second ago, where they got zapped away. They were sending him into the they were sending Ant-Man into the quantum realm. Now why is she suddenly uh afraid of the quantum like it just felt very I don't know. This well, this is the thing that this was the second thing that I noticed to meet like so early that I hate. It's just lazy writing where you know a character. I mean, look. So obviously she hasn't mentioned any of this shit before when she absolutely should have, yeah, and she's kept it to herself. Me. And we're only finding this out in the third film. Yeah, and it's like fucking hell. Like, there's no way you would have <laughs> hung on to this. So. And why hasn't she told them that there's entire civilizations down there that she's actually fucking friends with and shit? Like, you know, that. and while they're down there, they're like, okay, so why don't you explain this to us? And she's like, no. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> are you, fucking annoying. Why are you fucking telling us what's going on? You, you're, abs- you're just being so fucking out of order right now. It's bang out. It's bang out. I'm telling you, mate. It's bang out. Like, she just like, Oh, we we haven't got time. We've got to go. <laughs> what, what what else do you have to do? Tell them why you're. Tell them what you know. Fucking hell! And then she literally waits until they fucking have a. She has a fight to the death with someone, and then she starts hugging them. And Michael Douglas is looking around like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I feel bad for them. I'd actually. I'm like, honestly, that's a terrible person. You're a terrible human being. Like and fucking get it out. Tell them. Tell them what you know. And it's a it's just bad writing. You've seen it I've seen it a couple of times in movies, and it, it's really bad writing where it's just like, oh, we have no time to talk, so let's walk in silence instead. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Oh so and, dumb. And she has no real reason not to have never told them about this. Really exactly. Like- if she told them about it, it, it only strengthened their understanding of the quantum realm and lessened their need to explore it. She's yeah. a fucking idiot. She's <laughs> a fucking idiot. Not Michelle Pfeiffer's fault. It's the writing. Terrible writing. Yeah, it's like they didn't think at all about this until they got to the third film. Okay, now it's just going to be a massive thing. This is a whole thing, like developing it on the, on the fly, basically. And can I also say something else about the quantum realm? that I think is a big problem with this film. Apart from it looking like a really shit Star Wars film. Well, uh, yeah, go on. Or just a regular Star Wars film then. Uh, the thing about what made Ant-Man really good, uh, you're playing around with size. And like, you, like we live in the real world. We know how things are supposed to be, how big they're supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like. Like if you made this... This is it. We've yeah. got no point of reference now. Yeah, because now universe. we're in this, this other universe. And like... It just didn't, I don't know, we just didn't, it, it lost its, one of its greatest features from the first two films. That really made it I mean, solid. I, I felt like the visuals were pretty good, but, well, I say pretty good, like, I thought it was like a, a, a real spectacle. I went, to, I saw it in the cinema and I was like, okay, some of these effects are pretty cool, but like, it, it, I didn't really feel like it ever gave, like, it just never let up. Because there's so much going on, it just drew away from like, I couldn't focus on anything. Like it was really, it's, it's a bit of an eyesore. I think it's too much. You know, they've really gone over the top with the uh, with the visuals, I think. 
and they had fucking buildings, alive buildings with arms and shit. They should have spent. They should have spent way more time if they were gonna do something this ambitious, where like ninety percent of it's uh, behind a uh, in front of a, a green screen. They should have really have like developed this world a bit better. Yeah, and not made it so I don't know, so jarring. I guess a bit more. I I feel easy to I feel. Digest. I feel like we're 25 minutes in and still haven't really gotten through the plot of this. Can we really quickly just summarize the plot before we carry on? Right. Sucked into the quantum realm and then they find out that there's some like big fucking fascist dictator down there and they've got to liberate the the universe from him. And it's like bare bones plot. That's literally everything. Yeah, that's basically the whole story. That is. There's no more story beyond that. The rest of it is really just Kang set up, isn't it? Because they're setting up Kang the Conqueror for future movies. Yeah. What did you think about him? Because I've seen some reviews that say they quite like the guy's performance. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, he's a quite a good actor. I think he's last uh, Jonathan Majors or something. Something Majors. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really care much for Kang, to be honest. I really wasn't very interested in him. Well, but I don't know. What did you the think? Thing is, well... Uh, he's also in Loki. Uh, so the, the Loki show, uh, Kang is the bad guy in that, but he's not a bad guy. And he's like the first variant of Kang that we've met. And this one in Ant-Man is the second Kang variant that we've seen. And we've seen that he's ruthless and shit. Uh, I actually hate how they show like Michelle Pfeiffer and him are mates and then she touches his spaceship and that gives her a vision. And it's like, what? This is convenient. Really <laughs> convenient. Uh, so, yeah, she finds out he's some like universe destroying fashion, like hit, like he's, he's mega Hitler. Really poor writing. But I like this. Okay, I'll tell you in a nutshell, I liked Kang. I liked him in Loki. I liked him in this. I think he's a good actor. I think it's a good performance. I'm really looking forward to watching Creed 3. He's going to be in that. I think, oh. he's, the, I think he's the antagonist. I, 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 yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That one's actually going to be directed by Michael B. Jordan as well, I believe. I think it's the, okay. his directorial debut, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, so, I, I like the guy. I thought he was all right. I still think the look of Kang is fucking... Like the moment you put the helmet on him, I just think he looks crap. I think he's better <laughs> off. Just leave the fucking. If you if you see him in the comics with the helmet and the scars on his face, pretty comic book accurate. And I think sometimes perhaps comic book accurate isn't the best way to go. It's a bit silly. Again, it feels a bit like it kind of feels like Doctor Who a little bit. You know, mm. certainly his henchmen are a bit Doctor Whoy. Uh, and yeah, I feel like when he's got the helmet off, you just let him be Jonathan Majors, and he's but he's still in his suit. I think that's perfectly fine. He's still got the scars on his face. I think that's perfectly fine. I think it, it's a good look. But the moment the helmet comes on and you give him CGI face, it's fucking shit. Looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, n- now I think about it, it wasn't. It didn't look too good. I, I think. I think this film it don't look that great. I'm kind of excited for the sequels. Maybe we'll talk about uh, maybe we'll talk about the future of Kang later. Uh, but for now, I'll say I really liked Kang, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. It's all, it's all tied to the multiverse, isn't it? That's the main thing. They're taking this the multiverse idea. Uh, they're putting it more to the forefront of everything, aren't they? Basically. Should we talk about Kang and what their plans are? What it looks you, like. Most interesting thing, to be honest. I've got stuff about the quantum realm that I can talk oh. about for ages. But tell, tell, like, so I know that the Marvel has gone into like the the multiverse. With, yes. Yeah. We actually this is old news now. We know this pretty. Even people yeah. who don't watch know this. Exactly. Uh, from what I see with Kang, basically, it's gonna they're they're making it more of a they're going more in the direction of the multiverse. There's going to be these guys like Kang who are trying to destroy everything and become yes. the only existing version of himself, whatever. Yes. Uh, well, no, so, no, not. 
I, I think we're to see it more like Rick and Morty and the dynasty of Ricks. Yeah. But, you know, it does raise the question, where do you go after this? Like, I, I, well, I can't see... Like, once I, you I, get to, like, I, multiple universes and stuff, I, I don't think there's much more you can do. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where this is going, because, like, if I, I know the comic books a little bit, and, like, I think it's... It, it, I think they're setting it up. And you can just see what's going on. So they're going to do this multiverse shit. They're going to use this as an excuse to bring the X-Men in, bring the Fantastic Four in. Like, we're going to get... And then they're going to try and use all of this multiversal confusion. I reckon by the time uh, they finish this span of films, we'll have one chronological timeline again. I reckon that's how it's going to go. So after this, everything will be brought back to one timeline, one universe. But we're going to use the... I reckon that's what they're going to do. Use all this confusion and then, like, what they want to keep it all becomes one timeline. But what, mm. what's going on with Kang? In the comic books, he is basically Rick from Rick and Morty, where he goes from universe to universe. He conquers worlds. He's like a dictator. And because he, he's also relate, he's like the great, 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 great grandson of the Fantastic Four, of uh, uh, Reed Richards and the Invisible Woman. He's actually their descendant and hmm. he's like time traveling and universe hopping. And because he can travel the multiverse, he's encountered other universe variants of himself. And they've oh, like, so sometimes they'll fight each other. Sometimes they have different agendas. Uh, sometimes they don't go as Kang. They have a different alias. Like there's one called Ramatut, I think. Is, is a Kang variant, which we see he's like a fair, an Egyptian pharaoh. Uh, there's a bunch of Kang variants that don't go by the name Kang the Conqueror, but a bunch of them do. Uh, and anyway, there is this sort of, instead of like the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty, there is the, the Kang dynasty. And they this is a group of Kangs that have, you know, collated together to put, you know, to put the, you know, the combined... Uh, knowledge and resources together to be even more powerful and uh, we have already had it confirmed that the next Avengers film will be called Avengers Kang Dynasty so Kang is going to be the, the central uh, antagonist for the next few films coming forward they are setting him up to be the big bad over the next you know 15 films that they're making or whatever the fuck it is hmm. <clears throat> yeah i thought that was gonna happen yeah well i don't know i don't know i mean i i only wanted to watch for ant-man uh yeah but obviously everything is super tied to the rest of the marvel stuff so i guess it's yeah. gonna happen i think this is the problem with marvel at the minute is that no director is going to be able to come in with a distinct vision because it'll affect their overall you know, vision of the whole, you know, spanning story. And like, that's why Edgar Wright can't come in and just do his own little fun Ant-Man movie. They've got to throw in, you know, oh, make sure it's connected to the universe. Hmm. That's what I think Edgar Wright had, you know, the problem with. I don't think he wanted to integrate the rest of the Marvel universe in, you know, I think he just yeah. wanted to make a standalone Ant-Man movie. Yeah, I also suspected that that was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's the next biggest thing that you can think of? Like, I have... So, I really want to talk more about the quantum realm because there is some stuff that kind of pissed me um, off a little bit. So, th this movie's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I, let's talk about Bill Murray because... I didn't I care Bill for Murray. him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I... Is terrible. Yeah, I, I don't even know why they they felt the need to bring him in. I don't know what they were thinking they were going to gain from him being there. He's not really very funny, and he just disappears, no. and we don't hear about him again. And you know what else about that as well? I think at one point, uh, Pim says something like, aren't, aren't you human or something like that? And then there's this awkward exchange. Uh, like, I don't know exactly what he's, uh, Bill Murray's character says, but 
he's human, but he's not human or something. Why didn't she say to any any of them anything about them being fucking humans down there? Oh, sorry, just still annoying me that. I don't know, but I just think that, you know, uh, like yeah. how this universe he, needs to have been better thought out. And then now you have humans down there. It just feels more muddled. Yeah, it, it, it re- really was off. I mean, I was expecting like microbes and shit. Like I wanted yeah. microbes and fucking like microscopic organisms that you're interacting with. Uh, but I felt like Bill Murray's character only existed. It was just, I smashed your wife. That was, that's literally the whole scene. And it's like, well, if you want to have that scene, I suppose Bill Murray's not a bad shout, but why do you need this scene? Like at all? Why is it remotely yeah. important? This character is not, this is the thing. You're throwing these random characters in when you could have shrunk down Michael Pena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why couldn't he have been sucked in with you? He's actually fucking brilliant. Like, the highlight of the trilogy, and you're not utilising him for the third film. Even that fucking uh, Jimmy Woo, Jimmy Woo, who's also in Scarlet Witch. No, not Scarlet, WandaVision, but he's in the Ant-Man movies. Is he in the Ant-Man movies? or Is, is, he, it is he the FBI guy? Yeah, the FBI guy who gets yeah. in the man. Yeah, yeah he's sh- in the- shrink him down as well. Well, why the fuck? Like, come on. You could have had them all. That everyone's come over for like a birthday party. Fuck it, it's a birthday party. Uh, ooh, everyone gets sucked in. Love it. Make it more interesting. I mean, fuck, it was so boring. It was like they literally had no story to get to each story beat. It was just mm. story beat, story beat, with the and, odd piece here and there to tie things together. Not and there good. was the, the characters, the people that lived down there. You just didn't really give a fuck about them. Like there's no. this uh, well, woman, there's that psychic guy, and there's that uh, that bl- blob thing. And dude, like I, I just, I actually, didn't care. I, I won't lie, I like the amorphous blob. He was cool. Okay, but still, everyone else like you didn't him. give a fuck about that, did you? No. Well, what <laughs> what one of them literally had a fucking son for a head and couldn't talk. Why would I care about him when he dies? Spoilers. Mm. When he dies, well, who, who cares? Oh no, a guy without a face is dead. I, I, I didn't. I didn't like this. This little society in in, in the in the quantum realm. I really didn't like it. Yeah, and you know what else is kind of funny as well, uh, which I I don't know what I think about this is that uh, the whole motivation for um, Lang. Scott Scott Lang, uh, for the whole film, it's just to save his daughter. Even yeah. he doesn't give a fuck about these people. He just wants to save his daughter. And I know. I, I like, quite like that, actually. I like that he was like, yeah, let's just get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's kind of... But like, I do feel that this is such a, a thing that's always in... Not even just superhero movies. Any movie where it's about someone saving something. It's like they don't really want to be the hero that saves well, yeah, the world. The, they just oh, want to save the, one person they care about, and then they kind of get because they made it personal. The, they yeah. sucked into it. It's the reluctant hero. Like people love a reluctant hero. You know, I, it's, I, it's a good. It's it's there's a decent angle. It's just shit. This is a shit movie, and it's using shit tropes. But I quite like that trope done right. In all fairness. Well, yeah, when it's done I right... I don't think this film does it right, though. No, it just feels a bit like... I don't know. I, I just feel that maybe he would have cared a bit more about preventing this guy from escaping. And I don't know. Can I also say something else about the quantum realm? Go on. I'm dying to talk about the quantum realm. So, in the, fir- in the first two films, you know, it's always there's always some talk about it as it's quite a big thing. Like uh, for a for a short moment, uh, uh, Ant Man accidentally sh- shrinks himself down to the quantum realm in the first film, and then in the second film, we're saving Michelle Pfeiffer's character from the quantum realm. So we're seeing a little bit more each time, and it's it's building up a kind of a bit of excitement. Oh, what's this going to be about? And then finally, we have Quantumania, which, by the way, is a shit name. Uh, I'm it thinking is a shit like. Name, isn't it? Like they built up so much excitement and interest, like, oh, what could be down and what could be going on, you know? And then 
then we finally get the film and it's kind of ah it's just it's it's nothing really it's nothing really particularly interesting yeah. anymore and like that's the thing it, yeah it's it's just the same shit but they've just thrown a bunch of special effects so it's just a fucking tiktok filter of every other and, and ditched what made it good in the first place is that it was in the real yeah. world and there was shrinking and shit and then exactly. there's some other shit that i remember that uh bugs me um Where's my notes gone? Ah, yes. So in the second film, uh, Pim shrinks himself down and goes into the quantum realm to try and find his wife. And there's this, uh, so always talking about, you know, the, the quantum realm is very, like, it can mess with your mind, you know, all this kind of stuff. But there was none of that in this film. Like, I, I think that they just really re completely yeah. ditched the rules that they had about the quantum realm in the previous yeah. two films. Exactly, and like, yeah. That, that was a bit shit, to be honest. I don't think they should yeah. have done that. Well, this is the thing. The, the moment you sort of start introducing new things to the to the law, which I have no intrinsic issue with, but, like, all you really needed to do is say, oh, yeah, she did mention in between films that there are civilizations down there. What did you think of how they defeat Kang having, like, the super ant army? Um, well, I remember at the beginning of the film when you see uh, Pim explaining his ants, I was like, okay, they're not explaining this for no reason. This is definitely going to come back later. Probably it's going to be qu quite cr crucial to the, the ending or something. Uh, and it was. So I, I was kind of expecting that the, the ants were going to come into it at some point. Well, of course. Uh, but I, I feel like you're, you're setting up Kang to be this, you know, all-powerful uh, entity to be the big bad for the Marvel Universe uh, especially like the last guy was Thanos which was a really good character so big shadow that you're in and um, what what do you do in this first movie where he's a really big bad guy is he gets beaten by some ants <laughs> and I'm like well if if some ants can beat him I've got a feeling Thor and that lot ain't going to have a problem, if I'm honest. He doesn't seem they, that threatening to me. And if they do, you can just make some ants really big and fight them in the real world. Exactly. Exactly. Like, there's literally no reason why the Avengers shouldn't be able to kick his ass in future films, now that I've seen him being beaten by literally a couple of big ants. Sort it out. He literally refers to Thor as the one with the hammer, because they're trying to imply he's killed the Avengers in multiple universes many times over that like they all sort of blur into one for him. So they've implied that he's fought the Avengers in the past in other universes and he gets beaten by some ants. Yeah. I just don't buy it. I don't see him as a threat at all for this massive universe that they're going to build. What did you think about Darren? Right. Modoc. So, this is the thing. Modoc is not Darren Cross in the comic books, but I like Modoc. My my uh, my experience of Modoc up until this film has always been Marvel versus Capcom. And he's a playable character in that. I fucking love Modoc. He's nutty as fuck. Giant fucking floating head with little arms and legs and lasers and shit. I like Modoc. I did not like Darren Cross in the first Ant Man film. Not a bad actor, just he didn't love the character. I should hate this Modoc. I actually really liked Modoc. And I don't really? think Yeah, and I don't think many people agree with me. I liked Modoc. I enjoy I like the character from the comic books. They've completely changed him, mind you. But I quite like this whole don't be a dick. <laughs> He's like, oh. but but look at me. <laughs> I'm a dick. <laughs> and I just, it actually tickled me. Oh, I actually got a, it got a laugh out of me, this film. So I have to give it ratings for the one moment in the film that I actually felt like I could laugh. I enjoyed that line. I thought it, it made me laugh. What can I say? I'm a dick. I thought that, it was funny. That was enough to change someone's mind. Like, okay, now but, I'm fighting for the other team. Jesus. I, no, I laughed because it's dumb, but it but it's still funny. I, I, I liked it. I, I wouldn't change that line. I think that's the best part of the film. 
I really do. <laughs> I mean, just it genuine. It got a genuine laugh out of me. It's the only point in the film I felt entertained. I was like, yeah, yeah, I like that. You're a dick. I really liked but, it. I can't help it. But you, what did you think about how they tried to like redeem him? I felt that they tried to redeem yeah, bit, Darren. Yeah, but again, like I, I just thought it was funny how how he. I thought it was a decent performance, even though his face looks fucking dumb as shit. But he's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, at least I died an Avenger. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck is he talking about? Because I always saw you like a brother. <laughs> he's like, what? Well, hang on a minute. What's your name again? Oh, yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I like, I liked Modoc. He should have been the main character. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Modoc Quantum Mania. Bring Modoc back. Make Modoc the leader of the Avengers. Yeah, but you know, it was it was him though. Didn't didn't he push? He did something at the end, towards the end, to to allow them to beat Kang through his force field or something. And I just felt okay. So they're doing the they're trying to redeem him. And yeah, like, it, it does not- feel. Yeah. And like, um, there are, I think there are some other films. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it feels very familiar, this theme of like having a bad guy return uh, from an, a previous film or something. And now That'd he's with the good guys and he does basically yeah. sacrifices himself so they can win. Well, this feels used. They, they've, uh, on a, like a side note, they've brought back Tim Roth's bad guy from the Ed Norton Hulk. And he's uh, uh, in the She-Hulk TV show as the same character. Hmm. Oblivion, I think he was, right? Abomination. Abo- Abomination. Abomination. Yeah, they brought him back. So, yeah, th- there is... And he's a good guy now. So, yeah, there has hmm. been this recurring theme of bringing older bad guys back in, making them good guys. Obviously, Loki was probably the one that set that up. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a bad guy on a redemption arc over a pe- but the reason why Loki worked, I think, is because it was over a period of a few films, so you really got to earn his redemption arc. Whereas, you know, we haven't seen Tim Roth since 2008 getting choked out by the Incredible Hulk with a giant chain, we haven't seen him since then, so you know, we haven't seen his redemption arc, we've just sort of come into it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, with Darren, we get down there and he's he's a dick, and then his redemption arc literally is the recognition of maybe he shouldn't be a dick. Yeah, that that's uh, that's great redemption right there. That's I, really it's not very good, but it made me laugh. It's that stupid. It made me laugh. I'll say. Because he, he's pretty much an irre, irredeemable dick in the first one as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. He seemed a bit of a, a really big change as well because I, I bought Darren as no a shit. bad guy. No huh? shit, is that no shit? He's gone through a big change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apart from the obvious, but like in the first film, he felt I could buy him as a bad guy. Yeah, even though maybe he, I don't know, maybe he could be a bit more thought out, but. The, at least the guy who's playing him, I forgot his name. I've seen him in quite a few things, by the way. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good. I, I liked him. He was good. I bought him as a bad guy. But then in this film, it just felt like it's a completely different guy. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. like, apart from the shit that's happened, um, I don't know. It just felt, I, I didn't believe it so much. It felt too nutty. I mean, I, I think. The whole fucking movie's nutty and unbelievable. In all fairness, I really, I did not like this movie at all. Like, I feel like Modoc was just sort of like a, you know, a, a silver lining in there for me because I do like the comic character and I like, I, I always pick him in Marvel v Capcom, so I, I, I already had like a liking to the to the to the dude, uh, and I thought the actor did a decent job. CGI is terrible, but CGI is mm. terrible in the whole fucking movie. But I liked him and I liked Kang. But they're the only two things I liked. And I didn't like Kang as much as I really ought to when you're building this guy up to be the big bad of the whole fucking universe. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, shit. Would you, 
What do you think? So I, well, what do you think of Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas? Because I've never really liked either of them in these films. And I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Like she's in some excellent films and given some excellent performances. And Michael Douglas, I mean, he, he married Catherine. Stuff. He married Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that, that's my favorite thing he's done. <laughs> like for for I don't is know. It, I, isn't he is he Fatal Attraction? Is that him? I may have been. I can't remember. I like Fatal um, Attraction. Like with with those with with them, uh, I'm not sure really what I think about them, really, because I felt that there was maybe a bit too much of them uh, when it's sure just an Ant Man. I didn't like it. I didn't like them at all. My, my review of them has been, you know, I don't like either of them really in these movies. Walking yeah. Tall, that's a good one he's in. Walking Tall's excellent. Uh, and then, but, and even actually, I, uh, someone I think I saw, maybe it was the the pitch meeting guy, uh, said something about how, it's, you know, this is supposed to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, isn't it? Quantumania. And yet yeah. she's also hardly in it. Yeah. That's like, true. She's barely in it. Yeah, and I, I do think that maybe I don't know. I think they, the the guys whoever wrote this mess was way too focused on uh, Michelle Piver's character and not enough focused I, on the heroes me, of the thing. I've let I've let you I've let you call her Michelle Piver for for an hour now, and I feel like I need to interject here. <laughs> we need to settle on a name. Because I'm sure it's Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know. I've just been guessing. It's one of those names that I mostly see written down and never heard out loud. All right. I'll tell you what, then. Let's compromise. From now on, we'll call her Michelle Pfeiffer. I see on uh, Wikipedia, it's like Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I I think we should call her Michelle Pfeiffer now. Pfeiffer. Okay, Pfeiffer it is. All right. So, yeah, I I quite like Michelle Pfeiffer. But... uh, not in these movies. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they over relied on them when you could have brought in Michael Pena and he could have just been like getting into all sorts of shenanigans. Oh, he could tell, he, he could tell another one of his stories about where he got information from. Yeah. You know, yeah. What you could have done, they all get sucked into the universe. Then Michael Pena's just on his own and he's just trying to find his way back to the group. And he's like, just exploring around the quantum. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That that make a better movie just on its own. Just Michael Pena down there, going like speaking to fucking ame- like microscopic amoebas and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh mate, I'd fucking love him. I'd fucking love him to to have been in this movie. And you know what else? I I realized as well. At the end of this film, there is a birthday party for um, Lang's daughter. And like he's not even there. Like, did he do something to offend the people who made the previous two films or something? Because like they couldn't well, couldn't at least give him like just one minute well, in the film or something. It's it's entirely possible that he's just busy because he's that's in- also true. Like he because he is fucking good. So maybe if the maybe they did speak to him about being in it and maybe the money wasn't right uh, because he is really good. I really like him. He would have made this film like I. What I think you should have done: no Hank Pym, no Michelle Pfeiffer, just Michael Pena. If it was just Scott Lang, his daughter, and Michael Pena, I'd have loved that. Yeah. Or, or you know what? He, I tell you what. Let because I feel like this movie really was lacking seeing like the real world. So even if they're stuck down there. I think you should be having a character that isn't stuck down there trying to pull them out. I think that should have been like a side plot and you're breaking it up. Because I feel like if you stay in this universe too long, it just becomes a cartoon and I really didn't mm. buy it. If you if you chopped and changed a little bit and had someone trying to pull them out, so it, that could have been Michael Pena, you know, trying to trying to un, unsuck them out of the universe. Um, yeah. That, that would have been quite nice. And then it could have some kind of impact on it. I don't know. Or maybe... Exactly. Yeah, maybe he's the one who gets them out in the end and they're trying to stay in just to make sure that Kang doesn't get out or something. I don't know. That, that could have been quite good. That could have been quite good. But oh, alas, I, here we you didn't go, here get you that. 
I've just, I've got it. I've got it. I've got exactly how you do it. Michael Pena puts his hand into like a portal and then it comes down and it's like a giant hand and he just picks up Kang and then like Kang like hits him or something. He thinks it's like a bug. So he just like stamps on it. End of movie. <laughs> that, yeah, I could have. Hey, yo, Scott, that. I found you. I found you. <laughs> Film done in five minutes. You know, yeah. I, I was just thinking as well. Uh, please remind me, but I don't think I understand really. Well, maybe I'm, I wasn't paying enough attention. But why exactly did they get sucked down there in the first place? Because Scott Lang's daughter invented a thing to map out the quantum realm by sending a signal down there, but Kang hijacked the signal so he could suck them in. But you'd ah, okay. think he could, so it was actually he, Kang then. Okay. Yeah. Well, Modoc. But you'd think that they could have hijacked the signal to, like, come out. So he could have escaped the quantum realm that way if he wanted, you'd imagine. Hmm. How did they get out of the quantum realm, though? Oh, something to do with the pin particle oh, yeah, the, that they somehow managed to get. The, the, there was that portal thing, yeah. Yeah. And also, by the way, isn't it quite convenient that Kang needs the pin particle? I think even... Uh, how, how are we calling her now? Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer. Uh, Pfeiffer. Just yes, just like she says. It, I think at one point when when they get this orb thing back, he needs uh, pin particles. Blah blah blah. I was like, oh, okay, that's really fucking convenient that you have the inventor down there of this very fucking specific thing that probably didn't exist till like a few years ago. Exactly. Like, I I don't know. That was kind of a bit stupid for me. And then, like, also at one point, maybe again I wasn't paying attention. Maybe, but I swear he gets the uh, this this all battery thing, but it doesn't work anymore. So he has it, and then a bit later he has it again and it's working now. Like, was did you was there something that happened where he managed to power right. it up? So or is it in the in the flashback we get Michelle Papifa and Kang? get it working and then when they plug it in and she gets her vision of Kang being like a, a, a mega Hitler uh, she uses the pin particles to like implode, explode shrink and expand it at the same time so it's unusable so that's why Kang needs pin particles because she used pin particles to destroy the thing in the first place but if he can get it back, then it's going to be working because they already fixed it. You'd mm. think they'd probably need to fix it again after that, though. Imploding, exploding, shrinking and expanding at the same time. You would think it would need some kind of repair job. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, I It's dumb, this movie. It's fucking dumb. I will say, though, I did actually like the sequence that Scott has to shrink down and go inside to like get the thing and then it just keeps creating like uh other copies of himself because he's trapped in some kind of like uh alternate universe kind of like uh choice splitting universe kind of place kind of like that that was kind of fun and then we actually saw a bunch of scott lang's operate and coordinate as if they were ants which i thought was <laughs> I know I quite like that, if I'm honest. Like, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'll, you know, make it more Ant-Man-y. Like, I, I like that. Like, if you took the spider webs away from Spider-Man, he'd just be Insect-Man. So, yeah, if, you, if you're going to do Ant-Man, I, I like that. You're, you're showing me anti-stuff that he can do. It's anti-shit. I like ant stuff. Uh, you know, if he's Ant-Man, yeah, show me some cool ant shit. And I, I did like that. Uh, I'm just not really keen on on the wasp. Uh, what's her name? Evangeline Lilly. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think she's a really weird uh, choice for the role. I think she's a little bit miscast in this. Yeah, in, she, in all of them. She was in Lost. Uh, I used to really like that show. I've, I'll probably mention. I probably mentioned it a million times already in this podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I do find that. Um, I was also watching The Hobbit. She's in The Hobbit. Uh, I'm not sure if she's in all of The Hobbit films, or at least two or three of them, two of them. 
Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I still, I, maybe I, I mean to say this, but I don't think that she's a very strong actor. No, I, I, I don't either. I, I think I, she's really miscast in this. Yeah, I think her range is not very good. No. Um, it's either I mean, one, one of that, three emotions. Yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It's a fucking Ant-Man movie at the end of the day. Like, you don't have to be Oscar-worthy to be in these movies. I just don't think she's right for the role. You know, I, I, I feel... Yeah, I just don't... Yeah, I, I feel like she's very... I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I don't think she has much chemistry with Paul Rudd. The only uh, thing that I think that she really did in the whole of this movie... Uh, Evangeline's Lady character is like, why didn't you tell us, Mom? Why didn't you? Like, I swear, that's the yeah. only thing. Like at least four or five times in this movie, she's just like asking, why you never said anything. That's all I can remember but, her doing. But you know what? She fucking brings up a damn good point. Why the fuck <laughs> didn't she say anything? No, it's annoying. It's really annoying. I actually, yeah, it, I would be her. I would be so like, can you just fucking tell us already? Like we can stop. I, you know what? I'm taking a knee. Dad, take a knee. Right. We're not going anywhere until you tell us what the fuck's going on. Oh, yeah. she really, it's really annoying. And it's not Papyphus' fault. It's bad writing. It's terrible writing. I, you know, I'm just thinking now, like, maybe uh, the writers shouldn't have made her focus too much on that if they didn't want to draw much attention to this really fucking big plot hole. Maybe yeah. don't have the wasp uh, constantly asking why you didn't fucking say anything, which is exactly what the audience exactly. is going to be fucking you're, saying. All exactly, time. you're you're drawing attention to the plot hole. It's really yeah. dumb. Because I did like that scene where they get the where they get the uh, the device, but it's not because why Kang's like I need a thief. Like you don't need a thief. You need someone who can shrink. Like, why are you saying you're just saying thief because the first movie was about yeah, a heist? I was I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, it's just like it's borrowing. Yeah, it's trying to copy itself basically. It, it's weird though. Like, why don't you just say I need someone who knows how to shrink? Like, that's fine. You know, we we, we get it. Like, it's weird. It's really weird. I don't understand why why he couldn't say that. Yeah, yeah, maybe I, I do agree with you. Probably the best thing about this film was um, that insight. Yeah. Other than that, I I don't know. Didn't really... I, mean, I, I don't think I, I hated it as much as you did. Uh, I really didn't like it. Like it, like I say, it was a bit of an eyesore. It had a Michael Pena-shaped hole from the outset. It uh, It dragged on too long. I didn't like the final climax of the film. Michelle Papaifer and Michael Douglas were just sort of dead weight and the plot revolved way too heavily around Michelle Papaifer, unfortunately. Um, I thought the daughter wasn't very good. Um, the only other thing I've seen her in is that Detective Pikachu movie and she's not very good in that either. Mm. Uh, are we talking about who exactly? <laughs> The daughter, the daughter. Oh, the daughter. Yeah, I think girl. girl. Yeah. Speaking about her, actually. Yeah, I, I didn't really care much for her. I also felt like, yeah, she was really poorly written. Uh, I don't understand. Like, they tried to make her a rebellious teenager. It didn't really fit with what I already knew about the character. Maybe this whole time change shit that you explained at the beginning could make it a bit more logical. In that, like, I don't know, in those several whatever years that everyone was dead, she kind of, like, she changed a lot. Well, also, well, her being somehow a, a, a massive, like, a scientist, basically. Uh, I don't know well, how we, we have we haven't, we haven't seen this progression in any previous films outside. Like, yeah, like I say, it's all happened off screen. Mm. All these changes to her character. Yeah, it just felt a bit... Uh, like it's just been done too many times before, yeah, and it just felt extremely lazy. Well, and... I'll, I'll tell you because it, it, it does seem that they're building up to like a young Avengers film because in all of these movies that they've been doing, uh, they're introducing young characters with powers. So, like in Doctor Strange, we had America Chavez, in the Hawkeye TV show, we got 
Kate Bishop, who's like mini Hawkeye. Uh, we've got She-Hulk now. We've got, he'll probably be the, I reckon Spider-Man's likely going to be the leader of the Young Avengers. Um, mm. you've, you've got uh, Cassie, who's uh, like mini Ant-Man. Uh, yeah, you know, all all of these, oh, you, uh, in Black Panther, we've now got like a new Iron Man-y kind of character, but she's a 19-year-old girl. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, they're building up for a Young Avengers event, I believe. Which makes sense because you do want uh, actors to be able to carry on uh, in these superhero teams so you can get longevity with these movies because, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Paul Rudd, I mean, they've got to be in their 40s. Paul mm -hmm. Rudd, thinks, in his 50s. Yeah, so like, I, I was thinking about his age some, uh, a couple of times watching these films. Like, it feels yeah. like he's been around forever. Well, yeah, he, he was in Friends, don't forget. Yeah, I saw a picture of that not long ago. Yeah, he, he, he married Phoebe. So, yeah, you know, he, he has been around for bloody ever. Like, like Friends ended 20 years ago. And he was, you know, late 20s, early 30s in that. So, mm. I think early 30s. So, yeah, like, he's not young, young. I mean, he looks great, let's not forget. Like, he looks great, but my God, he's not young. He, he's not going to want to do this forever. They need to start replacing these characters. And, you know, so far, none of these characters are really that good. We've got a new Scarlet Witch, uh, not Scarlet Witch, Black, uh, Black Widow. We've got a new one of her, which is her sister, who's younger and more deadly. And she actually does have a Russian accent. She was introduced in the Black Widow movie. So, yeah, I think they are building to, like, a Young Avengers movie. Uh, but they haven't announced it yet. We'll see, we'll see. But bringing it back to Ant-Man, it felt like we should have seen... There should have been more Ant-Man and Ant-Man. And it felt like they were trying to... I, I don't know why they do this in some films, where they try to make it all about the family. Like, I mean, do we have it, to have the grandparents there, the adoptive daughter, the couple and everything? Does it always have to do this I mean, all it, the time? It can work. It's just it's not working in this one. I don't feel like it, I don't feel like much of the cat. All of the I think everyone has their own charisma, but I don't think they have much chemistry between each other. Like Paul Rudd is, is very charismatic and charming, but I just don't f find anyone in that in these like yeah i just don't see any chemistry between them but maybe that's because it feels so much of a cartoon from the get-go you know I, that really did draw me out of it how much of a like it just felt animated the whole movie felt animated i didn't feel like i was watching a movie it felt more like a cartoon yeah true so yeah my, I, I mean I'll, should we give this a rating is there anything um... else we need to discuss I no, like the I, I, I like the blob guy. I like the blob guy. And I, you like it, you like don't be a dick as well. I like I like don't be a dick and I like I have holes. But I wish more of the characters in the quantum universe was more like an amorphous blob. You know, I would have liked microscopic beings. I didn't want humans. Like it just felt like another alien movie. Like in the Marvel movies, we get a lot of these space movies now and it just felt like another one of them but i felt like you needed to make the quantum universe unique unto itself and in order to do that i think you should have had totally unique characters that you know could only exist in a microscopic universe you know like single cell organisms i, I really would have liked that it, it's mad to me that there's only one single cell organism character in ant-man 3 and it's a microscopic so many, universe. So many human-like things living down there as well. Yeah. Which is just, eh, I don't know. It's daft. It's daft. I, I much would have preferred it if Michelle Pfeiffer and Kang were the only two human characters down there, stranded in a universe that had no humans. But you could have still had all of this conflict if you really needed it. I don't think you needed this whole rebe rebel shit like... You could have just had Kang enslaving fucking single cell, you know, organisms 
you know, th that would have been way better for me, I think. I think it should have just been them lot against Kang, having human characters down there really, really broke the universe for me. Like I say, I feel like it needed to feel more unique to what we've seen before, and it just felt so familiar. And not in a good... It just felt like shit Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I was going to... I I also forgot about the Guardians of the Galaxy. It does, it does feel a bit like we have a bit of that going on here, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy if it was a lot more shit. That's, that's what it feels like to me. You can get that put on a T-shirt. Ant-Man <laughs> Ant of the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, just shit. <laughs> I feel like that's the best... That, that's the highest accolade I could give this movie. It's a shit version of Guardians. Yeah. It's not very good. It's not very good. Look, it's watchable, I guess. I reckon kids will like it. But it's... it. It's a bare-bones story. There's very little to chew on. There's nothing unique. It's tropes you've seen a million times before, and some of those tropes are not remotely good. Uh, it's it's lazy. It's too much to see in one go. It's an eyesore. It's got bad writing. Uh, the highlights of the film are still bad for a, the standard of a decent film. And it's, so it's not a decent film. It's a bad film. So some of these moments are just about good enough to be like, uh -huh, you get a chuckle out of me. But if it was in a normal film, a decent film, it'd still be a bad moment. So, yeah, mm. I can't... It, it's a it's a low score for me. It, it, okay, look, it's out of a colony. Let's give it... Um, I'll give it two Paul Rudds out of 12. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's well, my rating. I, Hmm, I'm not sure what I would rate this. I guess if I had a colony of oh, about a thousand I'll, I'll ants. I rate it. Okay, go on then. We'll say a thousand ants. I'll, yeah, I'll give I, it thirteen ants. I'll, I would let probably about um, maybe about fifty of them live out of the thousand. I'd kill nine hundred and fifty oh. of them. I'd stomp them to death. Uh, that well, would be my you rating. Could, you of could this shrink film. them. You could shrink them. Also you know what? I'll tell you yeah. what. My, my rating of this film, one giant ant. <laughs> that, that's my rating. One I think that's ant. too I think that's too nice. I think that's way too nice. One I giant, mean, there's still I, a thousand like other... A there's, there's still 999 ants left in the colony. They're just not big. <laughs> and it's not the queen either. Just like worker ant, shit ant. Yeah, and, and on that no bombshell. I'll, I'll say <laughs> that I will say. Uh, yeah, I know. One more bombshell. I will say. Uh, I did think this was better than the the fourth Thor film. Okay. Love. I thought it was much better than Love and Thunder, but that the stand Love and Thunder is terrible. But again, at least Christian Bale's good in it. But yeah, I did not like this film. I think it's too focused on setting up Kang. Which I am excited for. I am excited for Kang, but uh, this film just felt so throwaway. It felt it felt like a filler, and it's meant to be setting up the rest of the universe. And I'm just like, it just felt like a filler episode in a bad TV show. Hmm. And you're waiting for like the good shit to come about. Hopefully, let's hope that like because they've got a couple of new films coming out. Let's hope Fantastic Four will be good. I'm hoping Fantastic Four will be something special, something that you can like. Give me an original story. I want something unique, uh, and I really hope they do something with Silver Surfer. I think these are characters that I really, I love. For, I'm a big Silver Surfer fan. I really hope they do something with Silver Surfer. I'd really like to write a Silver Surfer film with you on the podcast. Oh, speaking of which, maybe maybe this will be a teaser for the next rewrite. But I'd really like to do a Deadpool 3 on the podcast with you, Craig, before it comes out. Because they are going to do one, and it will bring Deadpool into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'd like to come up with a concept with you before Marvel do it. And we'll see how close we get. Mm. Okay, I've got yeah, ideas. think about it. I've got ideas. I've got ideas. But yeah, uh, let's, let's knock this on the head. 
Thank you, everyone, for coming out to listen to us. Ant-Man 3, verdict is it's not really worth your money. Wait for it to come out on uh, VHS. <laughs> it should have gone straight. <laughs> bay- it's straight to Betamax, this film. Yeah, yeah. That, that's our rating. That's our rating, straight to Betamax. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Craig... I'm going to love you and leave you. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and listening to us. We appreciate it. We're so close to getting monetized. So we really appreciate the support from everyone out there. And do come and follow us on Twitter. we got a Twitter now, at Film Shrapnel, capital F, capital S. Come and check us out. Join the posse. Uh, anything you want to say, Craig? Uh, no. Just thanks, everyone, for listening. You've been awesome. Thank you so much. Very awesome. We love you, 3000. All right, man. Much love. We'll chat soon. Until next time, keep it knees. Keep look after your knees. (laughs) So fucking weird, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Don't shrug, though.